we were doing over 10 million in revenue and profitable and we still didn't hire even one employee. What's the secret to building a $100 million brand? Well, Mary Ruth Guillaume has done it, so she knows the answer pretty well. And it turns out it's pretty simple. Make something people need, build the company in a sustainable way, and most of all, be patient. Easier said than done, right? Luckily, Mary Ruth broke down what exactly that entails on today's episode. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, and this is Up Next in Commerce, the number one show for all things e-commerce, where we get to hear from the best founders, CEOs, and digital leaders today. All right, let's dive into it. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning a business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Mary Ruth, welcome to the show. We don't have a lot of time, and I'm excited, very excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. So I didn't tell you this yet, but I am a big fan. When I saw you coming up in our guest lineup, I was super stoked because I have four kids in our house, two twin boys, a four-year-old boy, <laughs> and they all actually use your vitamins. And I just found out about them in the past year. And so that's essentially their morning routine is going through all the vitamins that you have for kids. And then it soon got integrated into my life. So I just wanted to put that out there to start, just so you know who you're talking to, a very large fan. Thank you so much. Um, It's also so sweet that you mentioned the word routine. I've been on a lot of podcasts and I've never heard somebody start off with one of my favorite words, which is routine. So yeah, I'm all about it. I'm very uh, maniacal about my routine and making sure the kids get what they need and I mean, you know this as a mom, seeing sickness circling in your house with your kids and being like, there has to be a better way. What are you missing? Like, I will fix this, which I know you are very well aware of. So I would love to start with how you started the company, because from the headlines, of course, you see, you know, you were 700,000 in debt and now, you know, you've built up this $100 million company. You have all these amazing products and I want to kind of hear a bit about the origin story of like, you know, why did you want to start this company? And maybe teasing out some pieces that you haven't really talked about of like drivers to starting this company. Also, what I love that I have not spoken about on any podcast before is this idea of direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really perfect because, again, I don't think I've gotten to share this statement. If it wasn't for things like e commerce, Amazon, direct to consumer, I would have never been able to launch this product line or build this brand. So I also have a very special place in my heart. And I know that this is a big D2C podcast for this idea of direct to consumer and 
it really allows you to have free will. If I had just been trying to enter the CPG VMS space with the only door, which I don't know how many years ago, but it used to be really you could only sell your products in retail on shelves. I always like to just empower anyone who's listening that we're so lucky that it's 2022 and that we can use things like our laptop to make a website to um, bring products direct to consumer. And I, and I think that that in itself should, if, if anyone's listening and feeling like, oh my goodness, how will I ever grow this? Should I keep going? Should I stop? Should I try something else? I just feel like this is the greatest age we've seen for free will and and sharing with people and helping people with direct to consumer, which is so exciting. Yeah. So when thinking through, I mean, I, yeah, I talked to a lot of D2C founders when thinking about this new revelation and, you know, way of selling. I mean, when I think back to how you started, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you were treating kind of your patients who were coming in and they were looking for a healthier lifestyle. And you were like, you know, you wanted to get them vitamins that would assist them in this new lifestyle change, which is not really eating before I think noon and, yeah. you know, putting the eating time window together. And so you were like, well, you can't have vitamins like that on an empty stomach. It usually jacks up our stomachs. And so you created your own product. And I want to kind of hear like, you know, what you think about founders now who maybe don't have that market research. I mean, to me, you were very well versed in the space. You saw the product need was already there. You had product market fit. And what do you think about founders maybe who don't go through some of those hoops, I guess, to make sure like, is this something the market wants? Because I see a big craze right now in D2C, so many products and some of them I'm like, are these needed? <laughs> so my answer is pretty simple, but it's one that I think I stand by wholeheartedly is this idea of reverse engineering what you want to do with your life. So before we even get to this idea of like, okay, like which product, if, if someone's thinking like, which product should I make? Yep. Or do I have enough consumer research? Will this product do well? I think truly it's all about self-awareness and, and then reverse engineering this process. I think first and foremost, probably everyone listening or the majority of people listening would agree, probably you as well, Stephanie, with um, a robust career of a financial background and building your own company. And clearly, I mean, just even looking at you right now, I can tell that this is absolutely your passion. I watched a few YouTube video clips um, yesterday. Oh, nice. It's my vitamins, my Mary Ruth vitamins <laughs> that make me glowing. <laughs> oh my goodness. So and I, I'm sure you're going to agree with some of this as well. So after I share it, I would love to hear your feedback. Um, okay, so first thing is just self-awareness. So I think if we're looking at life is very long and very short all at the same time, and I think the goal is that people want to have a good amount of daily happiness and daily joy in their 24 hours, 24 hours of life every single day cumulatively, like on a compound effect of over the course of an entire year, hopefully at the end, you have like more happiness, more joy um, than you did the year before. So first, just everyone listening, like what makes you happy? What would make you happy? What would be the ideal way to grow and scale a business? And then knowing what your gifts are. So if you put in the work of creating self-awareness, what makes you happy, then usually Every single person I've talked to, and I, I talked to so many people, I even helped, this was before COVID, but there was an amazing, amazing um, young guy who used to give me manicures and he was in film school. And I, I literally asked this question to everyone. And I said, like, 
like what's your, okay, you're, you're helping me. You're doing my manicure. By the way, I do my nails almost by myself all the time. This just happens to be a, a random example. But before COVID, he was, he was often giving me manicures. And I said, like, you were, you went to film school. Like, what are you good at? Like, what's your passion? He's like tech, everything tech. And I ended up helping him just for free launch iPhone cases on Amazon. And they did really, really well. And that was just like one step in the right direction to being in alignment with like self-awareness. What makes me happy? What do I really want to be doing? What are my passions? Usually everyone has a gift, whether they're going to make a product or give back something in their community or do a, a project. I think the answer always unfolds in front of the person because not everyone wants to make a product and sell on, on e-commerce, but some people do want to do a, a impactful project. We're going to be B Corp certified sometime this year. We're going through that certification process. So you really start to see that if people can hone a product that is meaningful to them, I do not believe that they need market research. And I will share how we didn't really do market research until maybe this year. And our company's been around for eight years. And I think it was more that my gut knew, like, if I love this product, if other people need this product, there will be people just like us who want to receive that. And so in my opinion, for sustainability, because growing a business is a tremendous amount of love. It's like having a child. Yep. For the long-term sustainable, I think it's best not to say, I will do X to make X amount of money unless it's I will do X to make money so then I can fund what is my real passion project. And so what we did with the liquid morning raspberry multivitamin was what you mentioned, like I had private practice on 47th and 3rd in New York City. And we were teaching liquids to lunch and everyone would say, I love liquids to lunch, but I don't like capsules. I can't take my vitamins in the morning anymore. And at the time I was in a tremendous amount of debt. And so for six months, my husband and I, we called around to see if there was a manufacturer who would make just 90 bottles of a custom blend multivitamin. And at the time, like, or even today, I mean, to convince a manufacturer to do custom blend night, a run of 90 bottles is also unheard of. Pretty epic. It's pretty, like, like I literally remember just sharing, um, I know we're your smallest account, but someday we'll be your biggest. And eventually for that particular manufacturer, we were their biggest account, but it was more that this woman believed in me. Yeah that she did that blend um, and shipped those 90 bottles to my apartment in New York City. And I sold them in my office. And we put a few on Amazon, like 20 bottles on Amazon. And without me asking anyone, my private clients ended up reviewing that five stars on Amazon. And this was before Amazon was popular. And it went to the first page because it had no tomatoes. A lot of the liquid vitamins on the markets had tomatoes. This just tasted like raspberries. There was no sugar. It's good. Yeah. It tastes good (laughs) for a vitamin. And I remember just crying like the first day, um, not first day, the first week on a Saturday, I realized that we had made like something like $250 and I couldn't believe it. And I just thought like, this is so impactful because the idea came from taking care of people taking care of my clients, the idea kind of came from them. And then I saw a path to getting out of debt, but also getting to like, live my life and 
run our practice and help people with nutrition and wellness. And I really saw that there was just like a path forward. Yeah. Why were you in so much debt? I couldn't find that out. I kept seeing a, a 700,000 in debt. And I was like, how does one get in 700,000 yeah. in debt? I've been in 500,000 in debt before. And that was intense for me. But I'm like, 700, what happened? No, it's a really great question. Um, and I think that I, I think that people listening can relate to this maybe on a smaller numer- numerical value. Um, but it was like the perfect storm of my my dad and my brother had passed away um, just suddenly like a couple a couple of years before. And then my mom had taken over my dad's business, which was a lumber yard called Warren Lumber. And so there were six locations and 300 employees and it was going really, really well. So for the majority of just like my early years, teenage years, we always had what we would call, you know, financial freedom or financial stability. Mm -hmm. And then Lehman Brothers crashed and the housing market crashed. And so no one, no one was really buying lumber to build any new houses. And it was kind of just like the perfect storm of all these things where, Um, It was great for me to witness like how if you don't, if you are building a business model and it's important to remember like six months, six months, let's say the business is not making any money, could the business survive? Yep. So that was me witnessing what not to do, which was that business model only worked if everything was going right. And so we're still, my mom, like so many of those employees still like follow us um, and on Facebook and write to us about them and take our vitamins. And so really my mom and I, there was just a disconnect where we just kept spending credit cards and it just got to a point where um, it was all credit card debt or money we owed friends and family that we did eventually pay back with eight or 9% interest. But it took me seven years to get out of that debt. And That is why I think, no, not why I think, but I know for sure that Mary with Organics business model is really financially healthy. And at our company, we have a lot of dialogue in our all staff meetings around like micro, like individual financial freedom and empowerment equals mental health and happiness and stability. And then we share with our whole team this is the revenue. This is the EBITDA. This is what this means. Like we just had a financial town hall where anyone on our team who wanted to learn more about what does it mean to have working capital, like how our businesses grown and run, we encouraged everyone to come. And we we talk a lot about, okay, here's our revenue for the month of March. And here's our EBITDA. Here's the profit. And we have a long-term incentive plan for all employees, international and domestic. So we say, okay, if we hit the budget this year, we're going to add more money to the long-term incentive plan. So collectively, everyone can kind of be hopefully learning and inspiring individually. So they're not in individual debt. And then also appreciating what it means to have a financially stable company. And I wanted to say that our whole tagline for our whole team is kind of revenue and profit equals free will. So I think all founders start out with like wanting to make a social impact or environmental impact and they have goals and dreams and they want to add value to people's lives. And then along the way, and it's such, it's so painful along the way, maybe you took an investment early on and then you, you thought, oh, we have so much marketing money and it's a false sense of 
that money and then maybe that money was not spent right. So then you start seeing like series rounds A, B, C funding, and then all of a sudden maybe the company is just financially unstable and not profitable. And so unfortunately what happens and it's so painful is that founders might feel like or executives feel like their back is up against a wall and they can't really give back to their employees, give back to their customers. And so really one of the best things that we did most recently was really just get the whole team's consciousness on board. Like we want to be one of the best companies in the world to work for, one of the best companies in the world to buy something from. And the seed level of making that social environmental impact is truly revenue and EBITDA because revenue and EBITDA equal free will to kind of live out your dreams. I just wanted to share that because for e-commerce brands, I imagine um, for different stages of, I I went through it as well. Like you think like maybe you should be growing faster. Like maybe you should take a risk and double down. And I, I really think if there's one takeaway for everyone is like patience, everyone overestimates what they can do in one year and underestimates what they can do in 10. So like if, you, if you're super patient and you don't spend even $1 more than you have, you're going to start to build something that your company is the cause and not the effect of all the things that no one loves about business. And, and I hope that that people will feel patience. It's like patience, but like always moving the company forward a little bit every day with micro actions. Um, I think then you have all the free will to do what will make you happy as well as your team. Yeah. Well, okay. So much to unpack (laughs) there. And also I agree on all of that. I mean, I think, yeah, sometimes the risk with raising money up front is that you don't learn how to actually build a business with sound, like financial principles in it. And the money doesn't really feel like yours. And um, right now I'm seeing definitely some e-commerce companies kind of running away and spending more than they're even, you know, making. And those bets to me definitely feel a little short-sighted, but in the aspect of debt, I don't know what you feel about it, but I feel like not that I would recommend anyone ever getting in it. Of course. Like, however, (laughs) if you somehow end up in half a million or $700,000 of debt, I feel like the lessons that you learn and the way that your mindset will shift, like, is so different because you will do things in such a scrappy manner. You will ask for things you never would have asked for. You will literally do whatever you can to get out of it, asking for forgiveness, like whatever it might be. And I actually think, I mean, I look back on that time of my life. I was like pregnant with my twins. I was calling creditors like, can't pay this. I actually feel like that was the most powerful time because I went in asking and or demanding for things that I never would have asked for prior to that. And then I had a whole different view on like, financial stability of a business going forward that I think if I didn't like feel that pain in the moment, I don't know if I would have that now. So like I said, not that I would recommend it, but I do think it's a very powerful experience to really be like deep in a hole and not really knowing how you'll get out. (laughs) No. And also it's funny. I don't know if people give compliments to each other on podcasts, but I I truly feel um, this is the first time we've ever met. Even like when you're talking and you're smiling, I could feel like that, you know, it's like a quantum energy that you definitely uh, went through that and are super, oh, yeah. super strong. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I'm like, we're laughing now. We were not laughing back then. <laughs> but now it's kind of funny. Yeah. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. 
For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about, but don't talk about. Publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Okay, so to get in, into the weeds a bit, I mean, I look at you on Amazon. That's where I buy all, all your products. And I mean, you guys to me like blew up on there. You're doing something right. You've got some strategies figured out. I want to hear how you're thinking about, you know, the platforms you're selling on and yeah. how to actually, you know, you said you were working with that one guy who, you know, you got the iPhone covers on there. Like, how did you have something like that take off? Especially when it was like a one product, mm-hmm. no company built around it, which I know you were there too with the multivitamins in the beginning, but yeah. like, how would you have someone start today on Amazon? So th- this is such an awesome question. Yesterday we had just for the record. So obviously we have so many departments at our company and we actually did like a rating, a score rating of every department mm-hmm. and how they function within our own company. We have over 120 employees. And also a quick side note, the first four years, we did not have any employees. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons that we were profitable from day one. We were doing four years in over 10 million in revenue and profitable, and we still didn't hire even one employee. Wow. My husband still was making the labels at the time just to save on like graphic design. So even just to really show that there's two other amazing brands that everyone has heard of here. I promise, promise, promise. Think like a very popular protein powder at Whole Foods and think of Uh one of the biggest collagen brands. Okay. So I had dinner with two of those founders. We all told our founder story. One of the brands had been around for 12 years. One of them had been around also like me for eight years. One common factor in that success story was that all three of us did not hire employees for the first four years. So just something to think about. Don't want to get too off your question. But again, um, so we just did yesterday with our vice president of operations. She brought me a Google Sheet little presentation that showed um, all the departments in our company and that our Amazon marketplace department was in terms of processes and systems functioning at 96%. And just to give you an example of every other department at our company. I was say, what's the worst one? <laughs> yeah, one of them was functioning at 33%. Um, in terms of just like everything we're doing is manual yeah. and not sustainable. And so the okay. other the other departments were were inefficiency, processes, systems, were functioning at like 60 to 70%. So just want to share here for all, all the e- e-commerce lovers that from day one, I mean, eight years in, the best department we have in terms of structure, giving functions, 96% is crazy if all the other departments yeah. are somewhere between, you know, 30 and 70%. Wow. And that really should empower people to feel like now we have like a, a proper financial org chart and all these like proper build outs, yeah. but the power, um, especially with a lot of like the Apple updates and stuff, like just really, we try to keep Amazon running in a very efficient manner. 
Amazon is so great for capturing new lead generation. So one of the things is that, again, we did have that lucky intersection of 2014 on Amazon. I remember sitting on an airplane with my husband and somebody was like, what do you do? And I'm like, we sell vitamins on Amazon. And then my husband elbowed me and said, shh. Don't say that. It sounds bad. You know, people sell furniture on Amazon. Like, shh, huh? say you have a health and wellness company. Now you tell people you saw on Amazon. People are like, how do you yeah. do it? When's the next conference? So yeah. just, just to break it down for people, do not get discouraged. Like there's a lot of rumors like, well, starting on Amazon now is different than starting back then. That is true. But that should not stop people. So you you have to start somewhere. And if you have an Amazon listing that's not doing well, Amazon also offers people to help you and you can talk to them and you can, you can make a relationship with them. And if your Amazon listing is not on prime, you know, all these like very simple things, but to look at all those ways you launch products and to calculate the ad spend, are you making, that goes back to the theme of like never spending more one, more than $1. But what has helped us on Amazon was the idea that there's over 130 products and they're kind of all cross-marketing each other. So a lot of other vitamin companies, again, I never want to say anything bad about any companies or any products ever. I actually love a lot of different vitamin companies and, and certain products we don't make. I still shop at other vitamin brands. So it's not yeah. about my brand or other brands, but something that is worth thinking about is that a lot of other vitamin brands have something called like eight hero skews, you know, like all the revenues coming from eight hero skews, which can also be scary if something happens to one of those, one of those listings on Amazon, you know, and products go down all the time, like a bottle breaks and a customer complains and your listing is down. Yep. So we wanted to just create again, like this healthy, let's be the cause and not the effect, right? How scary is it if you have all your revenue coming from one product on Amazon. We just wanted to create as many products as we could to give back to people. We actually, each product has one story, which obviously I won't go into on the podcast, but I mean, these are handpicked. I made liquid chlorophyll, not because it's trendy on TikTok right yeah. now. I actually made it because I was pregnant with the twins and we live in California. And my doula said, during wildfires in California, you have to make liquid chlorophyll. I was like, guys, we need to make organic liquid chlorophyll. And then by the time the product came out, it was like when it was going viral on TikTok. But like the seed uh -huh. level for us was always like one product, one story, multiple SKUs, as many SKUs as possible, captures new lead generation on Amazon, and really like working through any problem. So like if something happens, a listing goes down, we do everything we can. I remember when we were still in debt and our one of our listings went down and we only had like five listings. I remember I paid like $500, you know, to just like get like therapy about from a business coach, like how to deal with this idea of like building a better, yeah. a better way to sell on Amazon. And it is so hard. It is so challenging, but there's no greater feeling than working through all the things that make it difficult and painful to sell on Amazon, um, right? Oh, the rules are always changing. You never want to be in the gray area on Amazon. You need to be straight and narrow and not do all of kind of those gray area things. I, I really just wanted to share that in case anyone is listening as well. Yeah. I mean, how do you make sure that you're not in that gray area? Are you always working with a point of contact at Amazon to make sure that everything is exactly how they want it? Or is your team experimenting with like, 
things that they're like, I don't know if the platform's algorithm will like this or not. Like, how do you make sure you're staying within the boundaries, but also experimenting? Totally. And also you need to, Amazon's always changing the rules. So you do need to be aware of, of what the new guidelines are, right? Like 2014, what was acceptable for reviews is highly unacceptable now, you know? So you just always want to build for longevity um, and sustainability, because I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but I have heard stories that are just very scary about how brands early on would do stuff. And then Amazon goes and looks for the, the rules that have been broken and then penalizes. So you want to be careful because it's years. You want to build your Amazon business for years. Yeah. Also, we, I think, I don't know what year, um, but we also... Um, started to do like deal of the day, which was really interesting. I think we've done deal of the day for like two or three years. Last July, 2021, we spent too much marketing on deal of the day. And it was the only time the EBITDA was very bad for our business. I remember it. Lesson learned, lesson learned. So just everybody, I remember that, that that it was like 8 p.m. at night and we got um, the finance team let us know the EBITDA for that month. And it was so different than what we do every month. And we said, whoa, 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 what just happened? And we saw that we had spent way too much on deal the day marketing. So you also don't want to get too excited too fast about certain things. And again, I think going slow is sustainable. Yeah. So with I didn't know. So you said you had 130 products? Is that what you said? Yeah, okay. 130 I had products. No idea you had that many products. How do you think about developing new ones? And then have you ever killed any products off where you're like, yeah, you know, uh, this one was like my thing at the time. Like, I mean, I know as twin mom, like you recommended all these things of you're super deficient in all the things because it's two in there. But then you're like, oh, that was just a me thing. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, apparently not many people want this. Like, what have you killed off? Or how do you think about killing something off and then like birthing a new baby product? Amazing. I love this question. This is such an awesome question. So we have, there are four products. Two have still, are still going strong, but two were kind of discontinued. Two of the ones that are still going strong that we're just holding on to because there are so many customers that do love them are our baby, our like moisturizing baby oil and our hand scrub. They're just not. Didn't even know you had those. Okay. We have like a vitamin hand scrub. So they're still going strong. But I, I think like in team meetings, we're always like, what, what's going on with the hand scrub? What's going on with the oil? <laughs> and then um, and then the two products, one product, we just had to discontinue because we put it in glass. So we still have the actual product. It's so popular on Amazon in, in the, the plastic version. But we um, had to discontinue the nighttime multi-mineral and coconut flavor in a glass bottle. Oh, I don't think I ever had that one. I have it in the plastic. In the plastic. Just like the multivitamin one. I never have seen it in the glass one. Yeah. Okay. And and that product was an example of when we knew the customers always asked if it could be in glass. So we tried to do it. But we know from like shipping and breaking, uh, it's a huge bottle. It's 32 ounces. So we always knew like this, this product is not really ideal in this massive size. So we made it in glass. And again, it was not popular, which is interesting. And then the one product we discontinued, and by the way, for all those listening, and, and my husband and I love each other very much. We're, we're born on the same day, same year. Wow. February 11th, 1984. We're all also like the same person. And I love you, David, but 
David had an idea for a product and I was not into it. And by the way, I can be open. This was actually a product made in my professional opinion for the wrong reason. So I'm actually so happy that we get to use this as an example for people listening, like strategizing, like what product should I make next or what do I want to do or what do I want to launch? Actually, there's two. Actually, this is so good. We are talking about this. I forgot there was another line of products that was not successful and no offense. It also came from my husband. It was his? So, <laughs> uh, I had a feeling. So you're going to love this because it shows something so powerful. So number one, we made something called Keto Drops. So it's just like a product. If you're on the keto diet, okay. take Keto Drops to keep your metabolism or whatever in check. Ketoness going. You get Is your keto ke- still a thing? Yeah, no, so that's what's so funny because... <laughs> That product, and now I think literally almost every other product we've made is, like I was saying, like a whole story, like the liquid chlorophyll, like every product we built, there's a whole story, a whole genesis of like, I was buying this and then I wanted this and I wanted to do this in liquid. And David's like, we got it. Look at these, look at these listings on Amazon for keto. We have to, we have to make a keto product. See, that's like the fear of missing out. And and you shouldn't do it. Don't do it, everyone. Please do not do it. So keto drops were discontinued, I think like six, six months ago. I think they were going strong for three years. And then the other thing that didn't work out, again, not, I'm not blaming David, but again, kind of like the wrong genesis was Mm -hmm. CBD oil. Uh, By the way, I think if there were not so many regulatory things and we could have sold it on our regular Shopify, I think that it would have done great because I use it. I have like a little bit of leg pain. I always topically just rub it into my leg from giving birth to the twins. Yeah. So um, we made a CBD line and we sold it on a different website. And again, there's just so we never like to be in the gray area. So we always follow all the rules. And we just kind of like, it just discontinued after two years because it expired. So again, everyone listening to this amazing episode with Stephanie, I really think it goes back to reverse engineering, like who you are, what are your gifts? What do you really want to bring to the world? Even if it's not a trend, don't jump jump on a trend for the wrong reason. Yeah. And I think that that is interesting. And that was an awesome question no one ever asked before. I love this. I mean, this is awesome. So, okay. Thinking about trends, my last question is, to me, when you're you're in the vitamin space, and that is like the to, what I'm seeing is like the trendiest space. I mean, there's all these new things that you need this and this and this, like pretty new stuff that I had never thought about. Like you know, the vitamin Ds. Okay, now they're adding K2, like different stuff where you're like, yeah, that seems like reasonable. And then there's things that I left field where I'm like, I've literally never heard of that before. It's kind of like the keto thing. Like, is this really something I need or not? So with that, one, how do you stay focused because the market does feel crazy? And then two what are you most excited to put out in the next like six months to a year? Okay. So I I love this question because there is kind of a special answer that especially in the vitamin space might be helpful to other people who are maybe even thinking of launching vitamins. I always go back to what people actually really need. Almost every person is on a budget in the United States of America. People are on budgets. They can usually only afford one or two products. So we have to also really do what's best for people. So my number, like, for example, we were thinking about doing direct-to-consumer international. And so everyone's like, okay, what are the 15 products that we're going to bring international? And what are the 15 SKUs we need to bring to Whole Foods? And I always say it's, it's, it's never going to change. It's always going to be the same, which is a broad spectrum, full spectrum multivitamin. 
Usually people can only afford one product. If they can only afford, um, obviously check with your doctor, but usually I'd recommend a broad spectrum, full spectrum multivitamin gives you a little bit of everything that you need. And then making it in forms that are absolutely delicious so that people want to consistently take that product. So we have gummies and liquids and liposomals. Liposomals are kind of like the future of vitamins. Super trendy. Can't have vitamin C unless it's uh, liposomal. That's right. That's right. And, And liposomal is this amazing technology that actually makes it so absorbable. It's like ultra absorption. So it is actually real. And and for a long time, we, we couldn't really make liposomals. So this was a new thing we came out with this year. I'm glad to know it's real because my, yes. my partner kept saying, oh, I, I need to get like liposomal. And I was like, liposomal is a piece of it. What vitamin do you want? It's not just liposomals. Like you need like liposomal D or C like also, anyways, I digress. <laughs> also, no, this is so awesome because um, liquid vitamins are 98% bioavailable and absorbable versus pills or capsules are three to 21% bioavailable mm-hmm. and absorbable. What about IVs? So that's my big question. Is IV a trend? Actually, no, IVs are real if they're being administered with high quality vitamins like a doc from a doctor. They're okay. definitely real and they're definitely okay. amazing. And also liposomal is just basically a smaller amount of vitamins that gets highly absorbed. It's so real. Got it. Even if I didn't have a liposomal line, I would, I would say it's, it's so real. And also just as a way to end the show with your last question, which was, we're very excited to make many, many products. But one of the ones that just came out that I'm so in love with is, have you heard of quercetin? Yes. So we made um, liposomal quercetin sugar-free in pineapple orange flavor and it is unbelievable i really appreciate you having us here and for everyone listening as well yeah mary ruth thank you so much for taking the time this was a pleasure so thank you so much thank you stephanie listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.